Hey everyone, it is Steven Schleicher, and I want to thank you for downloading the latest episode of Critical Hit. Before we get started, though, if you are someone that has been sitting on the fence about joining our Patreon over at patreon.com slash major spoilers, then check this out. During the month of April, that's going on right now, during the month of April, uh, if you go over and sign up for an annual membership, doesn't matter which level that you want to do. Maybe you want to do a silver level membership so you can get new episodes of Critical Hit a week early. If you go and sign up for a yearly membership right now, you will get 16% off. That means instead of paying for a full year, you will only pay for 10 months, but still get 12 months of bonus content for free. That's quite the deal. So, Again, if you've been sitting on the fence and you want to support major spoilers and everything we do, including keeping Critical Hit going into the far, far future, then point your browser to patreon.com slash major spoilers. Check out our yearly membership. Sign up in the month of April. Save 16%. That's the equivalent of two months. Thank you so much for your consideration. Thank you so much for your support over the years. And now, here is the latest episode of Critical Hit. It's Drifter's time. Welcome to Critical Hit, a major spoilers podcast. Thank you so much for downloading and checking us out this week. We are back with another episode of The Drifters with our GM, Kevin. Kevin, thanks for doing all this. You're doing a great job. Well, I appreciate that, Stephen. I appreciate being on Critical Hit, and I appreciate everything the fans have been saying. Even though I'm not on social media, I do read the Discord and stuff. So it's uh, really nice to see that people are happy with the show. Excellent. In any case, uh, last time... On Critical on Hit. Critical Hit. Uh, there was a barroom brawl with, well, I mean, I guess technically more of a... It's intentional. Uh, yeah, yeah. Barroom brawl implies that's everybody in the room and, you know, bottles are being broken. This was more of, you know, one of those underground fight pit uh, consenting adult bear and, and Vesk uh, <sighs> matches um, where you were able to to eventually get... Uh, Ursa, a.k.a. Jasmine, uh, the uplifted bear, to tap out. This was all a part of a cost-saving enterprise uh, to to hire uh, Lebo, a shady, a shady Shobad uh, that uh, Skritik knows and got in contact with uh, in Booster City um, in order to get in touch with Baracus, the witch-weird uh, who runs a traveling black market bazaar where you have a lead to maybe find something about whatever the meta plot was. I, I you know, I've lost track at this point. Sure. <laughs> can I, can I ask something? And I, I feel like I'm the one asking this cause it's just like very difficult for me to keep track of it. How much money did the trash wyverns give us? They gave you 6,000 total credits. Okay. Which was so a thousand each. Did we then split that to one K each? That's up to you. Technically, they gave you two three thousand credit booster tube credit cylinders. I was assuming you would split it one thousand yeah, each. I I'd written down a thousand on my sheet, minus the uh five credits from or ten credits from the exchange fee. As yeah, Lebo will charge you you know basically a total of sixty credits. Uh, to turn the, those uh, credit tubes into um, more usable money. 
one percent is not a so also for those of you with like culture slash you know like knowledge underworld that is a standard rate that is that is he's not overcharging you that's just you 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 couldn't get a lower rate on the street okay all right so we've got two so then everybody then made the choice as to whether to bet or not, right? Right. Mm-hmm. That's right. So, so I put my 1K in, as did Quentin. Quentin. Did anybody else put any in? I did not. So technically, everybody put in a small amount, um, which was whatever 1,000 divided by 6 is, like 125 or something like that. Um, okay. Or 166, 167, something like that, in order to cover the collective cost of the thousand credit bet that you're all, all six of you are putting on Vangi to pay for right. Lebo's fee. Okay. But so everybody's aware won, of that. Since she won, did we not earn that money back? Or so, yes. So uh, now that it comes time to settle up with the bookie, um, it, Hecubino and who was the other person who bet? Was it Quentin? Quentin. Yeah. Quentin will each earn a thousand additional credits and you'll have enough credits to pay Lebo's fee. And then otherwise you don't have to, if, if your name isn't Quentin or Hecubino, you don't have to worry about the credits on your sheet. And for Quentin and Hecubino, all you have to do is add a thousand. That's not bad. Okay. Okay. So essentially, but everybody got 990 from Correct. the Yeah, okay. just okay. from okay. The, okay. Uh, okay. the trash favorites. I don't, I don't want to make it any more complicated. So they give us like a credit stick? A credit tube. It's credit one of those tube. old models. That says 1,000. Yeah. It says 3,000 on it, actually, in a so digital weird. print. So our winnings you, are still on the same tube? No, because you're turning those tubes over to yeah. Lebo, the Shobhad, uh, yeah. you know, handler who who will both get you. First of all, a 3000 credit tube is not the most useful thing. I mean, the way cred sticks work, you could always like put this in a, a charging station or whatever you're paying credits for. And it would right. just deduct credits from there. Like, you know, how if you're uh, pumping gas, the meter just goes up. Well, you could just you know, pump credits right off of this thing. The The real problem that um, the trash orphans warned, warned you about was that these credits could be tracked. These are like government credits and they're stolen. So um, you using them here could could cause problems. But uh, Lebo is evidently willing to take on those problems for you for the low, low price of 60 right. total credits um, because basically the, the claim is you send this these credits off world. Sure, everybody knows they're stolen, but they still spend like money. It doesn't matter. No one's ever going to find them again. So, with our additional winnings, is that going to be a separate stick or? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, this okay. this this place doesn't. Yeah. So you no longer need to worry about those uh, those booster city credit tubes. Lebo's going to handle all of that with one of one or two of his forehands, um, and. Uh, you you get um a a you know 
on on what whatever your best credit stick is that can hold you know 500 credits or something like that they're happy to inject it technically a lot of your credit sticks don't have a limit those are not your best credit sticks because those can just be stolen like anonymous credit sticks with no limits it's like okay that's just technically floating cash um like so sometimes check. yep exactly so is uh, going to sidle over towards bob and a small yeah. claw is going to extend with the thousand credit stick and hand it to Bob in such a way that it's clear that he's sort of passing it off like sliding money to somebody in a handshake. You don't want your money? We are not property. I'm not property either. I just have to pay off my debt. You have nothing to be ashamed of. This will help pay your debt. If you don't want it, I'll take it. Thank you. You're welcome. You're able to do that while um, I assume Bangi and Hakubino are reliving glory days. Um, oh yeah, of the past. Uh, if if I may, while Bangi was fighting, I have uh, I would have liked Hakubino to basically uh, have created a whole fan club for her within the. <laughs> The screaming Bangianites. Yeah. So uh, right now I'm basically uh, like trying to keep a line for like autographs orderly. And, you know, obviously passing out, uh, you know, our uh, like front facing fan infosphere pages and, you know, making sure that everybody is like, yep, you got to tune into Drifters. uh, Schmendes at nine. (laughs) (laughs) abadez yeah Uh, then she's yeah she's uh like has like got like i don't know like gauze or whatever amu did to like patch her up immediately after uh, and uh is you know excitedly signing autographs and uh and talking with the fans, but mostly letting Kekubino do the uh, um, hype manning. Yeah. Also, if she, if Bangi communicated to Hekubino that like Ursa's a fan, oh yeah, um, definitely will involve her and you know her uh, handler in this. Like, get pictures of both of them. Like, you know, arms over shoulders, like making a fist or whatever. Great match. This this yeah, one's got looking, promise. Yeah, it's like definitely, definitely putting an angle of like, like Akaton streets kind of mm-hmm. stuff. You know, it's like yeah, we fight, but in the end, we all come from the same like disgusting rust-colored uh, <laughs> gutters. So we got to stick together. <laughs> Love it. Little kayfabe there. Yep. Nice. Um, okay. Great. So. Uh, after after you guys uh, celebrate a bit and um, you're able to get around on the house uh, because uh, of Vangie's roundhouse. Um, <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, and uh, yeah, so you're you you congregate. Oh, 
One thing, Vangi, I am going to say, unless you want to start with a bunch of uh, stamina damage, uh, you'll mm-hmm. need to spend a resolve. That sounds reasonable. I will do so. We can hand wave exactly how much stamina damage it is, but there's definitely a fair bit. Sure. So, um, so you're back in conference with Lebo, and uh, he's gotten his thousand credits, so he's happy. Um, so he takes a, another drag on his cigar. All right. We can go whenever you are ready. As for the Hardash clan, you can trust the Shobadne. We are an honorable people, including the Hardash. But we do not care about the laws of your governments or pact worlds. Our word is law. It's cool. We don't really care about those either. Yeah. Um, anything we need to keep in mind so as not to be rude? Hmm. I will tell you as we approach. Okay. I was going to say, I hope I hope if you guys have a secret handshake that you don't need four hands for it, because I guess I can get on Bangy's shoulders and we can replicate it. She, she like, puts up her hands in, like, a way to try to, like, sync with uh, Hecubinos. Yeah. We, we do a really stupid-looking, like, we do half of a really stupid-looking forearm handshake. Nice. Nice. You guys can have that one for free if you want to start using it. Mm. Mm. He kind of rumbles as he gets up, and you realize that again, three point five meters, and that's like, yeah, over twelve feet tall. It's it's huge. Um, yeah, it's like I am ready to depart. All right. Oh, and uh, maybe we should just let Skritic handle this. Yeah, yeah, probably yeah. best. Um, yeah, so uh, Skritic, you have you have had good luck with your relatively gruff and straightforward demeanor with uh, Lebo before, and because he seems to react to that well. Um, so, in any case, uh, he he's waiting for you guys to direct him to whatever ship, so that he can um, accompany you and give directions to uh, Baracus's bazaar. Yes, I'll lead the way. All right. Uh, so you guys uh, go back to the place where you rented the parking spot um, from that uh, little shrimp person. I think they're called a Belita um, uh, that you spoke with earlier. And um, you, you, he he argues that you over that you haven't paid everything that was due, and you guys get into a little squabble about it, and you can settle that squabble for five credits, or have a whole scene about it. Uh, I'll, I'll I'll pitch in five credits. All right. Um, he he gives the five credits to his tiny tiny uh, shrimp young, who go and spend it on little little candies. Ah. <laughs> They'll rot their chitin with that. Okay. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. Uh, um, so are and... we transporting? Um, oh, I lost his name. Lebo. Yeah, Lebo yeah, is is prepared to both give you directions, but he does say that um, he'll need to make the introduction both to Baracus and presumably, as, as he he has certainly implied, uh, the the Shobad 
Uh, this, so, by the way, the collective um, uh, that Shabbat in a plural is Shabbat Uh That's why I've been saying that. So uh, the the Hard Ash Clan, um, which he is implied are, are the guards are uh, of uh, Baracus. Uh, he will make the in- Lebo will make the introductions for them. So, what's the clan name? Hardash. H A R D A S H. Okay. Okay. Uh, so, uh, you guys climb aboard the squeaky clean. Yep. Grace welcomes you all and welcomes your guest, who is relatively taciturn. Uh, with just a mm, and uh, Grace gathers that it is all business, and uh, you guys are off. So, with Lebo's directions, you can fly. It, you're heading t- um, south uh, towards the equator, uh, which is also towards the Adio Rift, um, and uh, he, he's giving you directions to an otherwise completely anonymous junkyard. Like, yeah, there's a junkyard there, but like. There are hundreds, if not thousands, of those uh, on, across Akaton. Hmm. Okay. Lebo leans forward to Bob uh, as he gives the directions. Barakas moves the location of the bazaar every few weeks. This way, the smugglers pretend not to operate openly, and the officials pretend not to notice. Hmm. Smart choice. Do not take actions that force those parties to acknowledge reality. It is less lucrative for both of them, and they will not take kindly to that. All right, so fly low under the radar. Bob flies low under the radar. Cool. All right, so um, sure enough, you guys can set down uh, there, there's just a massive junkyard here. It's filled with vehicles and starships and all sorts of random other parts. Um, and you can see that there's actually first, there's a couple different areas you could uh, you could try to park uh, the squeaky clean. Uh, there seems to be a, a starship parking lot um, of basically picking your own spot on this sandy, uh, rocky dune um or you can try to to be more surreptitious and like hide the ship somewhere and use the the sand skink to get closer up to you Uh, co-captain we probably park it uh i mean i don't know i'll look at um actually our uh our guide uh what do you think i mean do you think it'll be safe for us to park yeah, I think it'd probably be better that way. Probably more accessible if we have to get out in a hurry. That's true. Sounds good. All right. So you guys uh, start to land, and Hecubino, mm-hmm. uh, you feel it coming a moment before it actually happens this time. Uh, then you're pinged again. Okay. Can I get any information off of it? Well, let's... So, here's how it feels. It feels like someone replaced your tongue with an electric eel, and now it's biting down on your brainstem. That seems very unpleasant. Yes. Yes. 
Uh, so you're trying to gain information out of this? Yes. Uh, well, why don't you give me a mysticism check? 17. Okay. So again, you can you can tell sort of some of the same things that you uh, you could tell before, um, except that you're you're clearly under psychic assault. Um, except it seems both how how to put this? It's both local and far away at the same time. Like you feel like you're being hit by something powerful and global that's like pinning you down. Like, uh, like maybe other people could be affected by this. Like this is like a some sort of like global effect. No, no, it's definitely hitting you specifically, and like to the extent that other people feel it, it's only because they're near you. Okay. Um. Mm. So it immediately afterwards, you have a horrible headache. And several of your sensory organs, specifically your eyes, ears, and especially your tongue, all feel hypersensitive. Okay. Uh, and this is like as we arrive? Yep. As you're landing. Okay. So, yeah, as we're landing, like Hecubino does a thing where like he like wiggles his arms around and goes like, blah, blah, blah. Are you uh... okay? I don't know. Something's attacking me. Also, why do you have to be so loud? I attacking you how? Sorry about that. I don't know. Something's targeting me, and this is the second time they've hit me with some sort of psychic sniper shot. Could be and Talos? I, this seems out of Talos's weight class, but I am concerned that it's his parents, uh, mm. you know, because we just left them hanging. Mm. So uh, let me make a phone call. Okay, as you pull up the Infosphere call to uh, to to check in with um, Beth and Sven, um, mm-hmm. you find a surprise, uh, like a notification on there that you hadn't checked yet because you've been busy. Um, that they've actually paid their bill that they owed you in full. Oh. So you, you haven't missed any calls or anything like that. They're not, they, they don't respond to your info, infosphere uh, signal right now. Sure. Um, okay. So you don't, you don't reach them, but it seems like while, while you've been off and about, they've, uh, they've paid you. Okay. How much, how much did we end up getting? Uh, you got, a total of 9,000 credits, which is odd because you only asked for 6,000 credits. I want to say that like 9,000 wasn't... Like, we we tried to start high on that. Okay. Uh, uh, so I think got... you start... So she offered five, you guys said six, and she was like, all right. And then you yeah. guys were like, crap. Yeah, that, that sounds more. right. All right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to write these down. Uh, unless this is evenly divisible by six, it is, uh, yes, it is neatly evenly divisible by six. Everyone could get fifteen hundred credits. Okay, uh, basically, turns out this game you know, you're only going to receive credits in numbers divisible by six. Oh, that's good. Yeah, so Hecubino goes into probably 
um, probably near the cockpit where we tend to take these calls. And then, um, like, without saying anything, you all get a ding on your, like, Infosphere thing, and, like, there's a money transfer. Hey, whoa, like, where'd this come from? Uh, Talos' parents just paid us. I'm one-tenth of the way there. Uh, but we didn't finish the job. I was going to say, do we got a confirmation that Talos is good? Uh oh. I yeah. Put uh, I'll like. Can I go like scan the infosphere for any like news about um I don't know Talos or Drifters or any other news that's going on on Akaton right now, just to make sure there isn't like I don't know uh something we're missing. There's no contemplative related headlines. Um, mm-hmm. so neither Talos nor his parents seem to be in the, like you can you can do searches for them. And you can find weird, like, unfortunately, Talos is the name of a million things. So sure. yeah, it's a little tricky. You can eventually find him in Team Brain Power. Um, but, uh, but you know, yeah, no for, news for about them being like disqualified or something. Yeah. No. So. And for like, for the, for Talos's parents, for like Beth and them, all you find are like ultra obscure, high end research papers. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah, my guess is uh, there's this thing that rich people do that when they like run out of patience or they get annoyed, they just throw money at the problem. So my guess is uh, we tried to negotiate a different contract with them. They were like, oh, whatever. And then they just paid us. Uh, well, I like that idea better than like. I don't know, getting suspicious because no one ever pays on time and higher than they the ask price unless something awful is happening. Yeah, see, that's the thing is like when at least half of your business is in the up and up, which I think Talos's parents are, uh, you can just pay people, right? You don't need leg breakers because you don't need to like let people know that they're not supposed to blah, blah, blah with your money, right? No. It's like so much easier when you're just rich. Yeah. That does That's going to be us someday. We, that will be. But we got to figure out who's making your ears bleed until then. Oh, yeah. And I'll, like, wipe my ears. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, I'm out of ideas. I'll, like, I'll just try to concentrate and see if there's any, like, residual trail that I can follow or think at. No, the the good news part of it is, except for like the physical side effects that last for a few minutes, um, it's it's an instantaneous effect, magically speaking. Like even those uh, effects are just you like kind of recuperating from the instant of pain. Right. Um. Yeah. Nope. I don't know. I'm gonna have to. Uh. I probably need to actually talk to someone else who's psychic but i can't i can't read the taloses and uh actually do they have a last name you've never asked okay i can't reach the taloses and uh talos himself would be the only other psychic that i've had any like significant contact with and i don't think i should just ask random kasathas on the street got a kasathas psychic yep 
Lashuntas are. So. Yeah. So I'll say Lashuntas instead. Oh, I guess well, maybe we can talk to Rain when we yeah. uh, see her in the next. Yeah, next time we see Rain, I'll I'll ask her. Uh, so let me apologize in advance if I, you know, flip out or barf on you during the next few hours. And we're I don't know. And you're certain it's uh, psychic energy? Um, I mean, that's what it feels like. The The thing is, uh, once you get outside of that area of like picking something up with your hand and like throwing it at someone or maybe generating a blaster bolt with a battery, it all gets really uh, theoretical. Mm. So the sorts of things that I can generate with psychic energy, other people can potentially generate by, you know, just like being like really into a god. Um, so, uh, again, it's, you know, it kind of works both ways from what I understand. Like, I have ease with certain abilities because I'm psychic, but that doesn't mean that other people can't get those same abilities. And it also works the other way around. Like, if my psychic powers grew to a certain point, I'd be able to, like, you know, I don't know, make plants grow and stuff like that. I don't know that I want to do that, but still, it's a possibility. Okay. Is there any chance? Unless Kevin doesn't think that's the case, in which case, just, like, erase everything I just said. (laughs) No, uh, that's totally legit. Everything you just said is fine. Um, Though... There is a, a kind of an underlying sense that's like, but you're pretty sure it's psychic. Okay, yeah, but I'm I'm pretty sure it's psychic in origin. Did it feel like a narrow target or a widespread? It re- it definitely felt like a targeted attack, and uh, it was definitely aimed at me. I don't think I got that by accident, and. It's got to be pretty powerful because it's actually, at least for me, it's very difficult for me to affect things that aren't within view. So it's got to be coming from a pretty strong brain. Okay. Does it seem to be a deliberate attack? Yeah. How long ago was the last one? Like a day? Mm-hmm. About. Yeah. The last one I got happened yesterday. That was also the first one I got. Is this one stronger so or it can be uh, some sort of fouled uh, attempt at communication? I mean, it could be, but I can't really, I can't really suss it out on account of it being delivered as pain. Was this, Is was there this any stronger or, or weaker than the last one? Mm, Kevin, did it feel about the same or about the same? Yeah, it's about the same. It felt different, but you know. Wait, was there that, any time uh, correlation between the attacks? or during the uh, when we were at the hideout? Yeah, uh, the first one came when we were down in the tunnels at Muckrakers, but before we uh, put Operation Five Rats and, or I guess technically six, because Critic was there, um, into uh, into motion. So it didn't. I don't think that was a. Uh, anything that Spago or Muckrakers was doing. Um, and I think this pretty much says that it wasn't uh, it wasn't Talos' parents either. 
Well, so, do you I think mean, they're trying to get information the... from you? Because, like, you know, I thought Spago was, I mean, clearly a shady guy, but didn't seem like he was going to attack us. And then suddenly he was like, uh, now you're all mine. Uh, I mean, it could be. I don't know. It doesn't it doesn't feel like that was the case. Um, I think that. You know, it's like it happened before any of that. And then we're pretty sure we heard Spago get at least beaten up. So I I don't think it was him. Well, hopefully we can uh, talk to someone psychic soon who can help you out with that. Sorry. Yeah. Oh, it's it's okay. Um, you know, you know how it is. It's like you you've got one foot in some other uh kind of realm and like now you have to deal with that realm, right? It's like being a criminal or being a uh whatever Amu is. <laughs> yeah. If you're aware like, that the previous attacks have come, could you prepare for the next and attempt to find information about the attacker? Hmm. I suppose I could try and do that. Would it be a two-way connection? I don't know. It's actually hard to engage in like actual two-way things, but I guess at the very least I can try and put up some sort of preparation. Uh, that way, at least I'll maybe be able to tell more from it. Can you create the equivalent of a macro that would trigger immediately upon the next psychic attack? Mm, I don't know. Uh, more likely, I probably just have to keep some part of my brain working on it. Um, but I don't know. This is all theoretical. I've never done this before, so I'd have to figure out a way to do it. And... We're busy right now, so I'll I'll just on my own well, try to figure out how to do this. Anything I can do, let me know. Oh, thanks. Yeah. The same applies. Thanks, guys. We All are right, so, here. Let's go. Yeah, Kevin, I'm going to try and figure out if there is a way that I can, like, maybe, like, uh, just, uh, kind of be a little bit more on my guard psychically than usual. Okay. That's totally Create fair. A psychic so, subroutine. I mean, you you're you're the type of psychic who has a pretty good mastery of your own mind. Um mm. you know, you, you don't engage, you know, there's some psychics who are are the ultimate extroverts and they're their powers come from their ability to influence people and that's it. Then there are other psychics like possibly Talos um, who are just uh, consider themselves brilliant and their, their uh, intellect carries them the whole way. Mm -hmm. You strike something of like a middle path where you're able to like understand yourself and understand the world and like know your limits, but also push them. So um, more so than most uh, I think you'd be prepared for such a thing. You've also basically hardened your mind against um, psychic attacks to some extent uh, by well, yeah, and, your feet, uh, iron will. So yeah, and and not only that, but uh, given given my connection, uh, 
these guys are causing me pain. So they're literally speaking my language. Yep. Yep. Cool. So I will keep that in mind for the next time. Okay. Critical hit. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So you guys head in uh, off the squeaky clean. You've you've landed. Uh, you can disembark. Um, Grace says, uh, I'll, "I'll I'll go ahead and keep keep the the lights on for you." Also, turn on the security. Oh oh yeah yeah that's. Uh, and you guys head into the junkyard? Mm-hmm. Yep. Cool. Mm-hmm. So you walk through the scattered remains of hulking construction equipment and rusted frames of older model, older, eh, older model energy cycles and even some blasted police cruisers. Um, as you proceed, you notice a few things. Uh, so, uh, there are several hardy cacti and shrubs, uh, growing in the cracks and crevices, sometimes breaking down the junk that's lying around. So it just shows that even here in this kind of blighted wasteland, uh, life is blooming. Uh, as you walk, you notice there are some small crawling creatures, maybe about the the size of your hand, covered in barbs and spikes. To a casual observer, it's unclear whether these are eight-legged lizards, like tiny spiky basilisks, or they're some sort of arthropod, like a scorpion. Um, Amu, uh, after a moment of studying them, you can quickly determine that these are mammon scorpions an invasive species that are so named due to their devil-like barbs and their propensity to collect odd trinkets and trophies of their kills in their subterranean lairs, despite their minimal intelligence. Uh, Vengi kind of like keeps her hands behind her back to like avoid, try to avoid being stung, but just like leans in close to like get a look at one of these guys. Um, so they, they kind of prickle up at you and it's you think you see their head and then you realize that their head isn't even where you think it is it's a false head they have literally a false head um and uh they're just covered in spikes and barbs and probably uh are venomous huh these things are awesome yeah they're like only one i don't want them investing the ship you could probably grab one with your, your little catcher pole. Write down one mammon scorpion, Amu. Woo! <laughs> you put it in a box. Now you have a scorpion in a box. Uh, all right. So as you proceed, um, you get you think you're, you're heading the right direction. And, uh, I mean, Lebo's guiding you, so presumably he knows where he's going. Uh, somewhere someone is jamming to some light electronica tunes. Uh, backed up by a smooth, steady drumming and some sort of higher-pitched string instrument. Every so often, the music changes, but they're less songs than like a jam session. Um, And you can spot a couple of old speakers that are rebroadcasting the sound uh, along the path you guys are walking down, even though the the speakers give it a, a little bit of a tinny sound at times. Uh, 
You walk a little further and you smell the smoke of cooked meat and spices, along with a tinge of illicit intoxicants in the air. You pass by a Yosoki selling meat sticks. And uh, the sign says, what meat? Don't ask. Sweet. <laughs> I'm definitely buying a meat stick. Right. And then there's another Belita, the shrimp centipede people, uh, the same as the guy you docked with at Booster City, um, using a pair of pans simultaneously to fry up some of those scorpions you saw just a moment ago. And uh, th there's a light buzz of electricity in the air as you walk towards the bazaar. And um, there's a neon sign uh, stretch out over over the uh, entrance that says Baracas the Bootlegger's Boundless Bazaar. Mm -hmm. uh, and as you pass under that, uh, there's a clearing that's been set up in the middle of the junkyard, and there are a few large tan canvas tents. Uh, one tent is set up with uh, a conveyor belt inside that moves in a serpentine winding pattern. Uh, and on the belt are all sorts of mechanical components that steadily move past all these standing shoppers. There are valves and motors, tanks for holding various gases and liquids, gears, wheels, bearings, fasteners, and all sorts of similar things. Uh, in an adjacent tent, there are dozens of transparent plastic bins filled with smaller or more fragile components like circuit boards, uh, various crystals, machine belts, wires, nuts, bolts, screws, seals, all that good stuff. Um, various people are picking through the bins using a personal shopping bin or trolley, depending on the bulk of the items they've picked out. Several other stands uh, have tents dedicated to specific types of items, including a full tent dedicated to each of light armors, heavy armors, small arms, long arms, and melee weapons. And then there are over a dozen smaller stands and shops, some with tents, others simply propping their wares up against a junk cube, battered old vehicle, or some industrial waste cylinders. Some have canvas tarps uh, to protect the patrons and vendors from the omnipresent red dust, while others have propped up sheets of corrugated metal uh, that's rusty, as everything is around here. There's a vendor with all sorts of injection gear, along with a, what looks like a really extensive locked spice cabinet behind her. Amu, you're pretty sure those are various medicinals and drugs. There are a few Yosoki hawking bootlegged Infosphere shows in mini data pads the size of cred sticks. There's an android uh, seeming to haggle with a reptoid merchant over the price of some software packages that spoof ship comm signatures. A cornucopia of Osharu, think slugs that stand upright and wear clothes uh, are in a tent filled with misters and water coolers along with a couple of others of species that don't handle the dry thin atmosphere of Akaton that well 
you pass by a tent with a kasatha that's sitting cross-legged in a tent with hanging crystals and wind chimes, tapestries and rugs designed in meticulous mandalas that catch the eye and almost immediately entrance you as the kasatha slips a mouthpiece of a a hookah under their veil and slowly exhales a shimmering smoke that plays off the items in the shop in a hypnotizing ways. So anyone with life science, you recognize that's transdimensional pesh, a narcotic that makes one dangerously brave as you only see paths of reality that work in your favor. It's made from a hardy cactus that grows on Akaton, though reality-shaping magic or technology is also required. And anyone trained in culture uh, will know that small-time operators on Akaton sometimes blow themselves and their labs up, or worse, transport themselves to who knows where in the multiverse. Uh, Throughout the market, there are also several imposing, heavily armed Shobadne, uh, many of whom are wearing an orange and purple sash and are keeping an eye on shoppers. In the weapons tents, there's always at least one Shobad standing guard in addition to the vendor. This place is awesome. If you like this place, you should see some of the malls on my planet. Wait, what planet are you from? You know, the robot planet. <laughs> oh. Roboticus Prime. Roboticus Prime. So who are you supposed to talk to, and can I also shop? Agreed. Uh, I think we should uh, finish our introductions and get what we get first, and then we could probably do some shopping. Yeah. Yeah. So as uh, I'll go ahead and take my uh, GM prerogative here and say that we're going to resolve shopping between games, but that <laughs> you do have the opportunity to shop here, which is well worth it in Starfinder because you really want to get items of you can't be too many levels behind on your specifically your weapon and armor, but also it's just a good idea to when you have credits, spend them. Yeah. Well, not all of them. All of them. No. Yeah. Just stay in debt. No, I can't. Otherwise the credits are going to magically disappear. That's what happens. Live fast, get scrapped. I I believe that. The planet that Steven was looking for is Avalon. That is the one. Is that like Mercury? Uh, let's see. Yes, it's the one that's right after the sun, which is a city that you can go to in Star <laughs> Sure. The sun is? Yep. Yeah, yeah you can visit the sun. The city it's of much Bass. like Newark, I believe. <laughs> Barakas uh, will gesture and says, you may shop if you wish. If you wish to speak with Barakas, follow me. Oh, follow. Uh, in the center of the clearing, there's a grav train car that has been refurbished and positioned in a place of prominence. Uh, one side is evidently completely sealed, while the other has several brightly colored triangles of cloth stretched out past it. Uh, to make kind of a scattered awning. These are called shade sails, and they're all shades of yellow, orange, red, or purple. There are a few more Shobad guards here, as well as a few electronic braziers radiating a comforting heat 
because Akaton can get a little cold sometimes. You notice a trio of excited Sheeran uh, leaving the train car. One of them, the center one, is holding a data pad, while the other two cram in their heads and thoraxes together to peer at whatever data the pad shows. Uh, seeing you approach, they guard the, their pad jealously and move out of your path. You continue forward to uh, the grab train car? Yep. Mm-hmm. All right, Lebo uh, speaks to some of the Shobad in languages that you guys don't speak, um, makes a couple of complicated hand gestures and handshakes, and uh, they uh, allow him to pass. Um, so uh, the the Shobad, I'm not sure if I mentioned this before, but they're always the, these ones are wearing orange and purple sashes. Uh, and uh, you enter the uh, train car, and it's clearly a little receiving area for uh, Baracus. Baracus is a cybernetically augmented witch weird. Now, witch weirds, they're also forearmed, um, but uh, they're much shorter than a a Shobad. They're, they stand about 2.5 meters, so you know, 7-8 feet tall. Uh, and they weigh in at about 150 kilos. Uh, Baracus has four arms, like a Shobad or Kasatha, uh, hairless gray to purple skin, and uh, glowing solid yellow eyes. He is wearing flowing robes of bright, bright orange and a vibrant fuchsia purple with accents of several other shades of orange and purple in his attire. Uh, One of his forearms has been significantly cybernetically enhanced, uh, seemingly able to conjure up minor holograms and access data records or jack into a nearby computer with just a wave or touch of his hand. He's wearing a sharply pointed conical silk hat that clearly has circuits embedded within it uh, possibly connecting to his scalp. Greetings, greetings. I am Baracus. Libo has vouched for you. So, welcome, my friends. Have a seat. I sit. Yeah. Yeah. There's a bunch of, like, cushions and kind of love seats and comfortable rugs, that sort of thing. Uh... What is it that you are looking for? And perhaps Baracus can help you find it. Uh, we are looking for information, and I'll load up some stuff to pass over about a um, ship that was part of a uh, that belonged to a drifters team. Uh, it's a ship called the Curiosity. Yes, yes. You are looking for a vehicle from a crash three years ago. Mm-hmm. Well, you have come to the right place. One Great. Being... <laughs> One being trash is another's treasure, yes? Yes, quite. I'm sure a bargain can be struck. Trade is the lifeblood of civilization, is it not? Yes, yes. Yes. Well, tell me. 
this this ship? Do you want the whole ship or uh, only parts? I mean, if there's like a way to find out what happened to it, that's mostly what we're interested in, like why it crashed. Ah, the onboard computer. Yes, I can give you access to this computer. That will be simple in comparison to extracting the ship. Oh, well, great. And for this, I, Barakas, noble patron of this bazaar, ask a lowly price of 5,000 credits. 5,000 credits? Culturally speaking, that seems high. Anyone who wants to make various skill checks, just throw them out at me. Like, is culture the correct one here? So culture would be one. Um, sense motive. Insight? It depends yeah. on what you're trying to gather. So like, you know, sense motive will give you hmm. a read on Baracus personally. Culture might get you a sense of what things cost, especially in like a black market sense. Um, life science might tell you a bit about witch weirds. So it depends on what you want to know. Let's go with life science. Yeah, I'll do a I'll do a sense motive check on them. I think I'll try a culture using my uh, once per day roll twice. Do it. With the thirty. All right. I see it. Okay, so um, we'll start with Amu with life science. So which weirds? Um, incidentally, Starfinder is a good excuse for why there are so many four armed uh, species. Um, which weirds at least claim to be the progenitor species of both Shobhads and Kasathas. So, um, however, which weirds are known across the galaxy and the plains as uh, famous merchants and hagglers? Mm. Um, they, they they love to make a credit wherever they can. Um, but they're they're certainly not above um, the the fine art of bargaining. Uh, so, if someone were going to haggle, would that be a diplomacy check? I mean, it depends on how you haggle. But diplomacy is a pretty standard skill for haggling. Yes, you could certainly just like if someone wanted to say, "I haggle, I want to roll a die," I'd probably ask for a diplomacy check. But if you were mm-hmm. doing something clever then we might roll a different check. Uh, well, I never so, do anything clever, so. Uh, so that's Amu and life science. Uh, Hecubino, on your sense motive, um, it seems to you like Baracus is, uh, you know, a friendly, outgoing merchant guy, exactly what he appears to be, or that you haven't pierced his shell. Yeah. And then uh, Skritik, from a culture perspective, that's a that's a very high cost. At least at least five x what you would expect to pay, if not more. Say five times. Yeah. Yep. Can I haggle? You can try. <laughs> Engaging bargaining mode. What do you ask? Three thousand. Yes, five thousand. Five thousand. Wouldn't you say 500 would be more appropriate in a situation like this? 500? Oh, you wound me. This is an ignoble insight to uh, insult. Oh, 
if I could draw insight from such a check, I would only ask that I learn why, why I have been doomed to suffer these, these grievous offers. I could barely pay for the heat and the food and the, <laughs> the power for such a place at 500 credits. No, 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 you're right. You're right. How do you feel about 750? Schwag, make some sort of check. Uh, yeah, I think diplomacy is what you had said. I'd like to go yeah. with that because I'm almost good at that. A 21. Hmm. However, your opponent is uh, is wily and doesn't seem to be particularly swayed by your arguments, uh, Quentin. Um, he says, ah, if it were but me, I may uh, give you what you seek. After all, all I wish is that every person that comes to Baracus, the bootlegger's boundless bazaar, acquires whatever they wish. But I have responsibilities. Such is the weight that I, Baracus, bear upon my noble soul, so, shoulders and the shoulders of my soldiers. But all of them, we, 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 must, we must eat, we must feed our families and pay for the fuel of our ships. No, no, 750 credits. I am sorry, that is nowhere near sufficient. No, no, you're, you're correct. I apologize for insulting you. Obviously, 850 would be more appropriate. I will not engage in any more of your low-balling efforts. If this is what you have come to beg of me, I am sorry. You must find another purveyor, someone as intrepid, someone as enterprising and adventurous and resourceful as I, Baracus. Good luck. If the best you can offer me is increasing your bid by 100 credits every time I speak with you, I have no more time for this. All right. Well, uh, how's uh, how's business at the bazaar nowadays? Ah, business is good. Business is traffic. And everyone wants something. Mm. But... but uh-huh. There is always more to be had. I feel the greatest motivator is, how do you say, FOMO. Mm-hmm. <laughs> how's, your, how's your off business? Or sorry, your off-world business. Mm. I have long wished to make Baracus's Bazaar an intergalactic emporium. But then I would have to fare with uh, face the the Starfinders and Pact World authorities. Akaton's customs are quite reasonable. Well, uh, we're in a unique position to raise some awareness of uh, any business that uh, wants to throw in with us. Um, I don't know if you recognize us, but we're actually Team Lizardbrain. 
Vengi does like a flex. Yep. Quentin um, sets oh! up the uh, the, hor- the holographic uh, logo. Oh, I did not recognize you without your um, advertisements and ship. That's yes, right. Yes, yes. And that's and that's what I'm talking about. As you can see here, and I'll point to a picture of us, like basically, like uh, uh, just like a shot of Bangy, like sh- you know, shooting the vehicle's uh, um, Gatling gun or whatever. Um, as you can see, we uh, do all kinds of advertising. The ones we have open right now that I think would be a, a, a good deal. Our, our holographic banners. Anytime we're in the shot, your vi- your business is in the shot. Yeah, Vengi will activate her Sashimoto, which just currently says like your brand here. Huh? Hmm. Interesting. Yes, I could receive the input of many eyeballs from this, and yet it would still be. How does one say? Under the radar. Yeah. These uh, aren't really moderated yet. Yeah. Drifters is a uh, really great to get to your target demographic of people who don't really care about the law and do care about things getting blown up. Mm. Mm Hmm. I have quite a few patrons that fall into that category. And not only that, but uh, the audience of uh, Drifters is rich with posers. And posers love to buy guns, but they don't know what they do or whether they're good or not. It's true. They are meant to be ripped off. Yes, they will not know the appropriate pricing of these things. Hmm. And as I, Baracus, receive a small percentage off of all the sales in my bazaar... Yes, I can see how this would work. Tell me more about this uh, advertising arrangement. And Baracus is willing to, at this point, um, uh, work with you. If, you. if you're willing to put him up on his, your Sashimonos for, let's say, the rest of the season? On all, on all four? How many Sashimonos do you have? We just uh, have the two of us, I think. I don't know if anyone else on the team has one. There's a special item not. called holographic Sashimono. So I think yeah, it's just guess, the two of you. Yeah, Probably just the not. two of us. Um, so after some, some bargaining and Quentin can chime in and, and try to make his pitch, um, he's willing to settle for that. Um, uh, but he doesn't seem to be willing to budge much further. Okay. Yeah. No, that's that's fine. Uh, you have a, I'll, uh, so is he settling just for the, for the advertisement? Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. Excellent. Yep. Uh, Quentin, you want to pass him your information? We'll, uh, you can get your graphic design guy or we can do something. Just, you know, get us the, get us the assets. I I quickly flash a mock-up of the bizarre sign with, you know, spelling bizarre correctly this time, as apparently they don't. They don't. Uh, but that's fine. Um, and Baracus waves his cybernetic hand and sends you a a glut of information. That's various ways of of contacting him. 
and you know you you guys have established connections forearms at godcorp.com i'm sorry it's a .org they're just wanting to get the information out there so uh you say this is the curiosity you wish to find mhm <laughs> appropriate name is it not yes the irony is palpable. Ah, very well. Then um, uh, he and he gathers a Shobad and starts um, guiding you guys through uh, some of the junkyard. Uh, some of the it, it's actually not even in the main bazaar proper. It's actually going into the junkyard to um, to find this particular ship. Yeah, sneaking in the ship. Uh, so you guys walk uh, through um, the the yard, and you see all of the the aforementioned stuff. Um, but as uh, as Baracus is guiding you, uh, you quickly grow more distant from everybody else, and it just becomes more of a desolate wasteland um, with just a, his handful of Shabad. Uh, guards and you guys and you lose some of the the smell and music and all of that that came from the bazaar um, and become a little bit more isolated uh, and you approach um, and Baracus gestures with two of his arms uh, to this uh, vehicle a land vehicle uh, curiosity so curiosity resembles a massive grasshopper with enormous struts that probably could have allowed it to jump a great distance. Uh, though, as you imagine that, uh, any of you trained in engineering or life sciences might wince at how much force it would have to generate both to start the leap and absorb at the end of the leap. Mm-hmm. However, those uh, those legs and landing struts have all been flattened, like they did not operate as intended. Uh, and you can actually tell there's some structural damage to the ship as a result. Um, there's an open door. All right. Uh, computer guys first. Okay. Do you mean guys who are computers or those who are skilled at computers? Well, in our, yes. And in our case, they're both the same guys. So go for it. <laughs> Quentin hovers behind Bob. Okay. Uh, so inside. Uh, so first of all, it, it's got a relatively spacious interior. It can easily fit all of you. Um, but uh, inside there are some ominous stains on the ceiling and floor. Uh, there's a set of fuzzy tetrahedral dice hanging from a clip above the cockpit area. Uh, the vehicle has very clearly been stripped for parts, though the central computer is still intact, and there is one operational-looking command terminal. I'll go uh, over to it and jack in. Cool. It doesn't turn on because it doesn't have any power. Is can I find a way to remove it from the ship? Oh no, not not easily, not quickly. Hmm. Can I repair the power? The power, the whole power core has been removed. 
So do we no. have anything that would provide short-term power? Ah, yes. This is something perhaps I should have mentioned. Fortunately, Baracus is always prepared. Shall we make another deal? And a Shabbat comes in, struggling despite their size to carry a massive cylindrical battery cell, taller than Bob and larger in diameter than Quentin. The standard uh, fee for jump-charging a vehicle such as this would be 1,000 credits. But uh, since I am so generous and you require only enough power for the computer, I will settle for 800. Uh, one second. Hey, Bob, how, how much energy do you need to start up the computer? What? It's not so much as starting it up as it's maintaining it. And since we don't know you know, how much data we need to transfer or what's on this thing. It's kind of unknown. Could be an hour, could be six hours. You're not, you're not familiar with this model. It, again, it's the, it's not the, it's not the computer. It's the data. Okay. But do I get the sense that that's an overpowered battery? I mean, it certainly holds plenty of charge. A battery of that charge will provide enough power. It's just a matter of time. As you said. Yeah. So if I have like a portable high capacity battery, that's just too too small of potatoes. Person batteries and ship batteries typically are not operating on the same scale. Like think right. of it as a an order of magnitude difference between them. Sure. So like, you know, your battery pack would probably be uh, if, if you could rig something up, like ships aren't even equipped to get charge off of a battery that small, but if you could rig something up that did so, it would probably be drained in less than a minute. Okay. Yeah, I think I think that battery is what we we have to use. Then it is fortunate that I, Baracus, have prepared. It's great that you are prepared, yes. Um. So it's who all is in here? Just like Baracus and a couple of Shobads? Yeah, there's like four Shobads. Okay. He doesn't um, go off alone with people he doesn't know unarmed. <laughs> that's legit. Smart. Um I'll I'll be like, uh, let me have a look at this. Ah, but time is money, my friend. So you have only a limited amount of time to make your decision. What did he asked for six hundred? Eight hundred. He asked for eight. We should offer six. I'll uh I'll be like I'll be like yeah, 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 yeah. And I'll like look underneath. Um and I'll be like I mean, it's a little eight hundred's a little steep. I think we could probably jury rig something. Um and then we wouldn't even need the battery. Uh, but like you said, we're short on time. So how about, uh, let's say, 200? Uh, jury rig? You would do such a thing to this fine vehicle. It has fallen on hard times. Yes, yes, we can all see that. But you could blow out the computer panel. Uh, why don't you go ahead and make a, a bluff check, I'm guessing? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Hecubina doesn't know nothing about computers. Twenty-seven. 
you 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 might do this, but this would not be good for you. It would not be good for me. It wouldn't be good for no one. Hmm. I will come down to six hundred credits in order to make everyone happy and and have no computers explode uh, during the bazaar. Does that seem like a reasonable amount? Can we you tell know, him for, that? For, for, How about for the a bad, uh, culture check? Information and... that we already paid for. <laughs> well, he's clearly adept at uh, getting his nickels and dimes. Okay, so I'll be like, I, I mean, listen. This guy, and I'll point at, or I'll, I'll, I'll motion to Quentin. This guy is basically already a battery and he's got the latest software for data extraction so but again it's going to take us a while to plug him into all this stuff so let's call it 300 i say if we call it oh 420 we can have a deal right now and we need negotiate no further can I run a culture check to see if that seems like a fair sure. option? Twenty-two. It's it's not. I mean, he he has clearly manipulated the circumstances here, but it's not mm. like you're going to get power from anywhere else. So he he could charge you double that, and like the the trouble is like you could kind of work around it, but mm. um, so he he is gouging you for sure on the price of power. But he's only charging you like 4x what the actual rate is. So like the absolute minimum you would pay for this much power is like 100 credits. That's just what power costs. Um, so, you know, and him charging you 400 credits, it's like, eh, how much do you want to work to to pay for 300 credits? Quentin oh. does a sort of a complicated little move that would, would translate to those who know him as sort of a nod. In Hecubino's uh, general direction. How about we call it 400 and an absolute guarantee that we're going to blow most of our winnings at your bazaar? It's true. I was eyeing the armor tent. Mm-hmm. There were some rifles that I had my eye on. Very well. Agreed. I will, I will, if, you, if you are willing to accept credit at the bazaar, I will even cut you the deal of 360 credits. Done. All right. Excellent. Wait, how does credit work when you owe me? That doesn't make any sense. (laughs) Damn, I have been... I have been vested at bargaining. Ah, but I, Baracus, will always honor my word. 360 credits. Now, Shobat, go and raise the prices on all the goods that these people purchase. (laughs) I'll uh, take it out of my cut. I just. I'll begin connecting the battery to the computer. <laughs> ah, and now privacy, yes? Very well. I shall go elsewhere. There are always credits to be made where sapients congregate and trade. Yes, yes. I, Baracus, have coined a new saying. And he goes off repeating his saying there are always so credits to be made it. where sapients congregate and trade. Uh, with only slight changes to the cadence. And he is mostly talking to himself. 
though ostensibly talking to the Shobat guard walking with him. All right, then. So, Bob, you are able to plug it in? Yep. All right. So you have to make some some low DC computers checks to get this set up. You have to, like, reboot various systems. There's probably even some engineering checks involved. But you're not under any time pressure, particularly. And, you know, there isn't a fight going on around you. So you're able to succeed. No problem. Okay. So what do you want to... So everything powers up then? Boots up? Well, just, I mean... The only things that really have power in here are uh, this computer terminal, yeah. um, this this main terminal that's still em- embedded. Right. Um, and uh, it is password protected. Um, Needs a password, guys. And uh, there is a prompt that you can, you know, after you fail, it, it asks you for, it, you can request the prompt. Sure. Um, and it says the following. I keep six honest serving bots. They taught me all I knew. Their names are blank and blank and blank and blank and blank and blank. The answer is what and why and when and how and where and who. Do you type that in? Sure. Um, failure. You have two remaining. Uh, you have two remaining answers. Something seems. He seems so close to right, but not quite right. I keep six honest serving bots. They taught me all I knew. Hmm. What were his answers again? What? And why, and when, and how, and where, and who. Oh, that does seem like a good answer. Unless it's supposed to be like in a different order. Who, what, could, when, where, could why, the, and could how? Could have gone in any order? Like, is, is it like a number of characters, or it's like... The blanks have no limit on characters. So, you... you um. As you you input it and you rattle it off in your head, something it's so close to right, and yet, um, like especially with the name of the ship, curiosity, mm. it feels like it's the right answer, but uh, there does seem to be a problem with it. I mean, the ship didn't accept it, so I keep six honest serving bots. They taught me all I knew. Could be something about the bots. Huh. Their names are. Their Could names are Ed, Eddie, three PO, and R two D two. Could it be which instead of how? Eh. Hmm. That would that would give us six W's. It could be, but then again, who knows what sort of alphabet they use in this universe? True. Uh, those of you of with things. culture could make culture checks if you're so inclined. Yes, I got a teeny bit of culture. If you're not trained, you don't get a check. I am trained. How dare you, sir? <laughs> Poorly trained, but trained. Oh, geez. Holy crap. All right. So, uh, Hecubino and... 
Vangi, sorry guys. Sure. You don't know. That's uh, fine. Skritic, yeah. I mean, your your culture check is like this is a riddle. It's probably meant to <laughs> rhyme. <laughs> That's what a two gets me. Quentin, uh, you you feel like you're 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 fairly convinced that your answers are correct and that order is what matters here. You just don't know why you're wrong. Um, yeah, Amu, consider the rhyming scheme. I keep six honest serving bots. They taught oh. me all I do. So who is last? Why and when and what and how and where and who? Mm. Ding, ding, ding. Yeah. Oh, that. <laughs> and with that, you succeed. Um, and you gain access to the uh, terminal and uh, you can uh, pull up. It looks like there are some uh, old, like three years old, as are all of the files, uh, video files. All right, I'll play the, the most recent one. Uh, so, yeah, you guys get a grainy video view of their unfiltered feed from inside Curiosity. Uh, there's a bit of static in the audio, uh, but you can make it out well enough. Uh, so there are four team members to Team Elysium, and as you start the video feed, it automatically add pre-appends to the front of the video their introductions. Uh, there's Adesha, the Karinta operative. Uh, so Karinta are brightly colored moth people uh, that stand about a meter tall and have super cool wings. And she's like pinkish purple and she's holding a sniper rifle and she floats up and she goes, "Woo! do you see that behind the back flying headshot at 500 meters? Oh man, we're going to have to send flowers to their family after though. Then uh, there's uh, Nahir, the Urag uh, mechanic. Um, Urags are quite large. Um, they're electric blue. Uh, they have like crystalline snail or crustacean-like bodies. And they have some control over electrical currents. Uh, so he introduces himself with a little flying drone and he says, um, uh, fellow teammates, I I I'm sorry to say this, but oh no. Then there's uh, Hale, the human Solarian. Uh, he um, kind of mugs for the camera in the middle of a group shot of bad guys. Um, and he says, is it just me? Holds up his hand in a little black hole uh, appears above it and says, where things get a bit heavy around here. And you pan out and a bunch of bad guys all fall to fall to the ground around him. And he says, let's lighten it up, shall we? And they all go flying into the air. Uh, then there's Zem. Uh, so on the, the ship's manifest, it says that Zem is an astrozoan. But no one knows what Astrozoan actually look like because they are shape changers. Um, but Zem appears to be a hilky female, so like a native human of Acton. Uh, and uh, she 
throws her hand out and starts manipulating the world around the camera and says, I've seen into infinite worlds to see all the possible ways this turns out, and you always lose. And after the uh, intros, uh, you cut to the actual video feed from inside Curiosity. And Hale says, we're falling behind, team. Nihir, anything you can do for those engines? Uh, well, um, it, it would help if my drone and I could concentrate. We're taking a rather a good deal of fire back here. Uh, Adesha, the, the Corinta, pulls out her sniper rifle and goes to the hatch and says, On it, big guy. Three, two, one. Headshot, yes. Oh, wait, nope, sorry. He's got two heads. One second. And she's reloading. Zem, how about that secret weapon of yours? Getting real tired of lugging this science equipment around without knowing what it does. And Zem appears, uh, moving a hovering container about the size of a missile, a little larger than Bob. Time is not yet right. It must be just as we leap. Okay, then. Everyone, prepare for the leap. Adesha, cover us. You got it, Hale. No way I'm missing this shot. And then uh, there's another feed you can see, which is Adesha's camera, uh, which has a view outside of Curiosity. The shot she's referring to is the camera shot. Uh, the vehicle does the unimaginable and sprouts thin iridescent wings of a gossamer-like substance that's evidently charged with a, a good deal of power. And it also goes a long way to explaining the physics of this chump, for those of you who are wondering. Mm. Nahir, start the ignition sequence. It's now or never, Zem. Zem replies, very well. And she opens the container to reveal a carbon copy of herself. Lulu looks exactly like her in the same clothes and everything. Maybe it's a clone? Or just a bioshell with no conscious thought, judging by the vacant look in the eyes and its non-responsiveness. The rest of the crew is immediately confused, and a few people ask out, like, what are you doing, Zem? So, wait, are there, are there two of you? No. Sadly, this is where I leave you. I could not find a path to our victory. Only my survival. She gestures up to Adesha and says, stay with them. A purple haze surrounds the Karinta for just a moment, and then a distant-sounding voice comes from Adesha. Oh, uh, of course, Sam. You know I'll stay with them. Hail gets up from the cockpit area, but just as he uh, he does, Zem slaps a nearby panel on the door and uh, the outside opens, letting in a blast of uh, dusty air. Zem takes a single step outside and disappears into a reality-shaping portal the camera can't quite capture. Immediately after Zem disappears, Curiosity leaps, as you can see from the two camera angles. Nahir says, uh, Hale, uh, Adesha, what does this mean? Where did Zem go? I don't know, but I've got a bad feeling about this. Adesha, what, what did she do to you? Adesha secures the camera on the hole 
and floats down and closes the hatch. Oh, just suggested I stay with you. I mean, silly, really. I was, I was going to do that anyways. Hale sighs heavily. No. She told you to stay because you can fly. So there'd be no survivors. Um, um fellow teammates, uh, the, the wings are drawing in too much power. At, at this rate, they'll... And from Adesha's camera, you can see the wings surge with current and then rip into a million pieces in the air. Uh, to do that... Uh, curiosity is hanging in the air for a moment. Are we broadcasting at least? Nope. Looks like our signal is jammed from the outside. So I guess Rain was right then. Shame we couldn't find out who was responsible. Um, Teammates, at this speed, the impact will liquefy us? Well, no, but break every bone, shell, or plate in our body and rupture various other critical bodily systems. How long do we have? About five to ten seconds? Okay, then. Team Elysium, on me. Smile for the camera, team. And they all gather around Hale and, like, lean forward towards the camera. If someone in the future finds this, show the boom, and the transmission just cuts out immediately. Mm. That's horrifying. Okay. Yeah, but what showmanship, though? True professionals. Yeah, I mean, I kind of remember these guys, but I would have paid a lot more attention if I knew they had this in them. What a tragedy. Betrayed by one of their own teammates? Well, I don't know about that. It's just that one of their own teammates knew that it was coming. Yeah, but if they could have let the other person escape. Ah, that's true. That certainly makes uh, good ratings. They were working for Rain, too. Rain didn't tell us last crew that she had on this mission died horribly. Um, Bob starts pulling down all the black box data. Uh, Absolutely. And also any of the is basically try to just grab all the contents off the drive. Yep. You'll want a higher powered computer like back at like grace. Yeah. Um, to, to analyze it, but yeah, you can grab all the data. Okay. I'll begin the transfer, store it in my, uh, in my, uh, memory, uh, cortex in your pockets. Well, Bob has an exocortex that yeah. is excellent at storing such things. Yep. So, so it'll and transfer at uh, Thunderbolt 22 speed. <laughs> and I think with that somewhat ominous note, uh, we will leave the crew of the Squeaky Clean in Baracus's Bazaar in the uh, rusted out hull of a fellow drifters team. That met their end uh, here on Akaton a few years past. Ooh, man. The plot thickens, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks for tuning in and listening this week. I guess you don't tune in, but you download. Um, hey, you want to find out what happens next? 
Head over to patreon.com slash major spoilers. Become a silver level patron and you can listen to next week's episode right now. But for the rest of you, here's hoping all of your dice rolls are critical hits. This podcast is copyright 2021 by Major Spoilers Entertainment, LLC. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply.